Today in Business from Wired. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Brought to you by MD Anderson Cancer Center, where a team of nearly 21,000 strong are researching, innovating, and working to end cancer. Learn more about the leader in cancer care at makingcancerhistory.com. Twitter and Instagram unveil new ways to combat hate, again, by Sarah Harrison. Twitter and Instagram would like us all to be a little bit nicer to each other. To that end, This week, both companies announced new content moderation policies that will, maybe, shield users from the unbridled harassment and hate speech we wreak on each other. Instagram's anti-bullying initiative will rely on artificial intelligence, while Twitter will use human moderators to determine when language dehumanizes others on the basis of religion. In the end, both platforms face the same problem. In the blurry world of content moderation, context is everything, and our technology isn't up to the task. In September, Twitter initially proposed a more ambitious policy targeting dehumanizing language aimed at a variety of groups, including people of different races, sexual orientation, or political beliefs. The platform then asked users for help developing guidelines to implement that policy. After 10 months and 8,000 responses, Twitter finally put a narrower version of the policy into action on Tuesday. Users can report tweets that compare religions to plagues or viruses, or describe certain groups as insects or rodents. Twitter's AI will also search out those derogatory terms. But the suspect tweets will always be reviewed by a human who will make the final call. If they decide the tweet is inappropriate, Twitter will alert the offending user and ask them to take down the post. If the user refuses, Twitter will lock the account. Twitter says the more focused policy will allow it to test how to moderate potentially offensive content where language can be more ambiguous than personal threats, which are banned. However, some critics see the narrower scope as a retreat. Dehumanization is a great start, 
But if dehumanization starts and stops at religious categories alone, that does not encapsulate all the ways people have been dehumanized. Rashad Robinson, president of civil rights nonprofit Color of Change, told the New York Times. Instagram is taking a different tack to police bullying, which spokesperson Stephanie Otway identified as the platform's top priority. In addition to human moderators, the platform is using an AI feature that identifies bullying language like stupid and ugly before an item is posted and asks users, are you sure you want to post this? Otway says the feature gives users a moment to pause, take a breath, and decide if they really want to send that message. If you feel like you've read these promises before, that's because these issues aren't new. Bullying and harassment have existed on social media for as long as humans have put fingertip to keyboard. Instagram has been fighting off negative content since the platform opened in 2010, when the founders would personally delete offensive comments. Twitter has been wrangling trolls and hate speech for years. But as platforms grow, policing content gets harder. Platforms need AI tools to sort through the incredible volume of content they publish. At the same time, those AI tools are ill-equipped to handle nuanced decisions about what counts as offensive or unacceptable. For example, YouTube has spent nearly two years trying to find an effective way to get white supremacist content off the platform while still preserving important historical content about the Nazis and their role in World War II. Deciding what counts as dehumanizing or bullying content is equally complicated. Jessa Lingle, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania who studies digital culture, points out that language isn't automatically good or bad. Context matters, she says. Lingle points to labels like dyke, which were once considered offensive, but have now been reclaimed by some communities. The same could be said for other terms like hoe, fat, and pussy. Who gets to decide when a term is appropriate and who can use it? When does a term cross over from offensive to permitted, or vice versa? Such decisions rely on a level of cultural awareness and sensitivity. The same problem emerges for hateful terms. For some religions, specific language can take on coded meanings. References to pork, for example, could be highly offensive to Jews or Muslims, even though no words in the post would violate Twitter's rule against dehumanizing content. Groups can also evolve new language that avoids censorship. In China, Internet users have developed a host of alternate spellings, special phrases, and coded terms that criticize the Chinese government while evading government censorship. People will always adapt, says Kat Lo, a researcher and consultant who specializes in content mediation and online harassment. Twitter acknowledged these problems in its blog post, saying the company needs to do more to protect marginalized communities and to understand the context behind different terms. Lowe says it's good the company recognizes those shortcomings, but it should explain how it will pursue solutions. Twitter works with a trust and safety council of outside experts that advise the platform on how to curb harassment and abusive behavior, but a Twitter spokesperson declined to give specifics about how the company or the council plan to answer these complicated questions. Of course, the new policies themselves are just words at this point. The crucial part is the operational side, says Lowe. Policy doesn't matter if you can't enforce it well. Twitter and Instagram operate in dozens of countries and are home to myriad subcultures from Black Twitter to Earthquake Twitter. Because those context problems are so complicated and often regional, neither platform can rely on AI systems alone to judge content. We need humans, says Lingle. The tech just isn't there yet. But humans are expensive. They require training, salaries, offices, and equipment. Lowe describes this as an iceberg of operational work beneath the policies. 
To police content this sensitive and context-specific across different cultures and countries, Lowe says you also need local experts and long-term partnerships with organizations that understand those groups. I'm not confident Twitter has those resources, she says. In 2018, Facebook, which owns Instagram, announced it had more than doubled its safety and security team to 30,000 people, half of whom review content on both Facebook and Instagram. In order for Instagram's AI to stay relevant and evolve to include trends in modern language, Instagram relies on feedback from those moderators to update language to look out for. In January, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg told investors Facebook was investing billions of dollars in security. Otway says the company is heavily focused on hiring more engineers and building AI models that can more precisely target bullying behavior. For the time being, though, she says the platforms still very much rely on content moderators. Twitter declined to comment on how many moderators it employs and how many, if any, it would add. Twitter also did not comment on what kinds of investments it is planning to make in technologies that could help monitor user behavior. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.